Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make a difference. I'm here with my co-host, Logan. How's it going, Logan? Hi. Logan, we took some time off, that, um, but, we, but our team just went to Israel. What was your favorite part about the Israel Ooh. trip? Israel, let's see, American Colony, hands down. I know that's not super spiritual, sorry, but American Colony is a bougie experience, it's y'all. A nice, it's a nice hotel. And, it is nice. And you and some friends did crash a wedding. We crashed a wedding! There's a whole story. We danced around a bride. It was amazing. There's a whole story behind that that maybe we'll share sometime. I don't know how we could tie it into leadership. It but wasn't my holiest moment, but <laughs> that's okay. It was great. It was It was great. So, Perry, you say that there are three things that a church leader has to do in order to grow, correct? Yes. What would you say the first thing is? Did you notice how quickly he changed the subject? The first thing <laughs> first thing a church leader has to do in order to grow their church is clarify their vision. So, I've been fortunate enough, been able to work around you for a while, and you talk a lot about vision. So, why do you believe that vision is so important? Well, Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version says that where there is no vision, the people perish. And great churches and organizations die oftentimes not from a lack of resources. Because I believe that right now, currently, um, in the world conditions, we are be- the church is better resourced than we've ever been in the history of the world. We've got more, um, we've got more money. We've got more information. We've got more access. So the reason that the church, some churches are in trouble is not because of a lack of resources or a lack of information. It's a lack of clarity when it comes to vision. And one more thing, vision has everything to do with what you are for, not what, you are, what you're against. Um, it has to be something that's compelling that moves the heart. And I think everyone would agree with that, but I think from a practical level, what what does clear vision look like? Well, um, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna take credit for this because um, somebody said this one time and it really clicked with me. Um, there's a great guy. He has a really 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 small church in Georgia named Andy Stanley, and he said this. Um, he said years ago, and I don't know where I heard him say this for the first time, but the the clearer the vision. The fewer the options, the easier the decisions. The clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decisions. So, for example, I'll give you, an, I'll give you a practical example. Um, our family is going on vacation is not a great vision. Uh, the intention is good. There's information there, but there's no vision associated with it. A um, little bit more specifically, our family is going to Florida on vacation. Now, that's that's better but it's not the best i mean you said florida so you took 49 states out of uh, out of and you took you know the rest of the world out of it but it's still not specific enough our fa- here's 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 the best example our family is going to disney world in 2 months 
This is a much clearer vision. Um, it gives the when and the where and the people have time um, to prepare and get ready. Clearer the vision, the fewer the options, the easier the decision. I like that. Yeah. But why do you think some church leaders won't take this step? It's work. And um, I believe one of the biggest problems I see in church world is too many leaders are interested in imitation rather than revelation. In other words, they'll look at something that works at another church and they'll say, oh, because it worked at that church, it'll work in my church. And that's not necessarily true. Just because corn grows in one field don't mean it'll grow in your field. Maybe you're supposed to grow tomatoes in your field. Do you like that garden illustration right there? I'm a gardener, so I appreciate um, it. I figured you would. Um, but it really is work. It really does take time to get this crystal clear vision. And it honestly, it's just easier to um, take what I call the oh crap approach to ministry. Oh crap, here comes Sunday. Oh crap, here comes Christmas. Oh crap, here comes Easter. Um, and the second reason is fear. Because when the vision is clarified, it's going to make some people mad. I want to pause. Um, because sometimes I'll, I'll talk to church leaders and they'll say, people are going to get mad. People would get mad in your church this Sunday if you stood at your door and passed out $100 bills. Somebody would be like, you can't. This is, this is impossible to spend. Nobody will take a $100 bill anymore. I mean, somebody somebody would get mad. So um, instead of being really insistent and confident, sometimes leaders, um, we choose to stay silent, thinking that doing so will cause things to go smoothly, when in actuality, it, it causes things to die. Think about it this way. A flat heartbeat is smooth. It also means that a person is dead. Insert that sound. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so clarify your vision. I got it. What's the second thing? Second thing is to unify your team. Once again, I feel like this is something you, you touch on a lot, but why do you think it's essential? Um, a team, but here's why a team either works with each other or against each other. I remember in the very first church I ever served. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The second church I ever served, second church I ever served. Um, the music minister had been there longer than me. He was a few years older than me. Um, and we got into an argument one time about a budgetary decision because I needed money to spend for like pizza and he needed money to spend for like choir robes. I don't know. It was crazy. Anyway, we wound up, we wound up fighting for resources and the pastor served more like a referee in a boxing match. And I remember for about three or four months, um, it was the pastor, me and, me and this other guy. There was no unity on the team. And when there's no unity on the team, um, you can't move forward and make, make progress. Dave Ramsey, um, another brilliant leader, by the way, um, I, I heard him share this illustration one time, and it was so profound for me um, that I, I got him to email me this, and I, I keep it, and I look at it often. It's called the Belgian Plow Horse Illustration. Check this out, Logan. Um, this is what he says. There's power in numbers, which means you'll get more done if you work together as a team. The Belgian draft horse, one of the largest, strongest horses in the world, can pull a hefty 8,000 pounds on its own. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know, right? But when you pair it with another horse, they can pull upwards of 24,000 pounds, three times as much as one can pull on its own. So unity is essential. 
Um, and when you're developing vision, when you're talking about things behind closed doors, everyone must be given the ability to be heard. Um, you got to say what you're thinking. You've got to invite feedback. Um, and when, when people are pushing back on vision or when people are pushing back on decisions, you can be passionate, but you can't make it personal. So like, let's say if we're having a argument and are inside a leadership meeting and you don't agree with something that I say and, and you say, well, Perry, I disagree with that. Da, 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 da. That's fine. But then if you say, well, Perry, I disagree with that. And by the way, I think your shirt's ugly. I mean, that, that <laughs> I mean, but I, that's petty, but it, it sounds that way. But some people start calling people names or, or whatever. And that's where it gets really bad. However, once things are established and the vision is set, when you walk outside the door, we're on the same team. Jesus said this, um, great leader. Jesus said this in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. He said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That would be us. Now listen to what he prayed for us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. Now God and Jesus are pretty tight, and that's how tight Jesus said he wants us to be. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, why? So that the world will believe you sent me. I want to pause right here and say, I think the one of the toughest barriers for people believing in God in today's world is not that God, some people go, well, God hasn't made himself obvious. Well, if you've ever seen a baby born, you've ever seen a sunrise, you've ever seen a sunset, you know that didn't just happen. I think one of the biggest barriers to people believing in God is Christians can't seem to get on the same page. Anyway, I'll continue. Verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Now listen to this, verse 23. I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me. He says it again, listen, and that you love them as much as you love me. Just a side note, the reason most people feel unloved in the church has nothing to do with the love of God. It has everything to do with the love or, let me say, lack of love of, of other people. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'd feel super loved as an employee if we got a Belgian plow horse as our office pet. Well, you know what? You It's going to be a long <laughs> time. Where I think we that put would it? be awesome. Where will we put it? We'll build a stable. Uh, okay. Well, we we are looking for contracted out stable builders. Logan, I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you the answer that I received from so many leaders when I'll pray about it. Oh Lord. All, All right. right. There we go. There we go. What is the third and final thing, Perry Noble? The third and final thing you gotta do is you gotta be willing to execute a plan. One of the one of the biggest problems I think in church world today um, is sometimes we don't have vision, but then when we do have vision, we're not willing to execute and the reason why the reason why is scary for example logan logan you've actually been skydiving right indeed okay how many times once but i'm willing to go again you would, you would totally do it again absolutely okay was there any part of the skydiving experience that was a little bit scary <laughs> i mean the jump <laughs> the, yeah okay okay yeah 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 so so you strap another human being to yourself, essentially, mm -hmm. and you get on a plane that was probably decommissioned in 1928, and you fly up to like a certain altitude, and you get to the edge. Um, how disappointing would it have been if you got right to the edge and 
you just you just didn't go. You just chickened out and you just flew back down. I mean, how how disappointed? I think that's why they tie you to someone so they jump and you, yeah, you have no option yeah. but to go out. Yeah, you were tied <laughs> to somebody, which is horrifying for me that I would be tied to another human being. <laughs> um, but you, eventually, you know, you told people you're going skydiving. You told me you were going skydiving. You put on social media you're going skydiving. You actually got a speed speeding ticket on the skydiving. I did. You did. You did. But when the plane got up, eventually you had to jump. You couldn't just talk about it. You couldn't theorize about it. You had to jump. And had you not jumped, you wouldn't have had the experience. And listen, I understand um, I've never been skydiving, and I'm not sure I would go. Um, Company trip. Let's do it. Um, after we get the after Belgian we get our horse. plow horse, <laughs> we'll take the horse skydiving. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's probably an animal rights person that's really Yeah, you mad. just made people angry. I'm just angry. kidding. We won't take the horse skydiving. And if we did, it would be incredibly safe. Um, but executing vision is scary. Like, for, for example, for example, I, I'm starting a church. And I just signed a two-year lease on a facility where we can meet every week. Now, signing a lease for two years when we even we haven't even had like um, well we've had one gathering at Easter, but like a lot. But people are always going to church on Easter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even the devil goes to church on Easter. So, so when I when I sign that piece of paper, it's scary. but the vision is clear as to why we need it. People are on board. But the financial cost, I mean, I literally sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and think, are people actually going to show up? And I'm going to be honest, the way we're doing church now, we got a small group of people showing up and we got an internet feed going out. It'd be way easier to do that and keep things the way they are. But if Second Chance Church is going to make progress, then we have to be willing to execute the next step in our plan. So, but how, how are you supposed to know that? What's the best way to know when to actually execute, when to take the jump? When it, this is, this is the one of the things that, um, I learned several years ago. Um, I was in a, I was in a leadership meeting and we were all kind of sitting around going, okay, should we do this? Should we do this? Should we do this? And somebody asked me, they said, Hey Perry, um, if blank were here and they called the name of a leader that I really admire and respect, they said, if blank were here. What would he tell you to do? And I automatically didn't answer. I said, oh, he would say do this, this, and this. And then they said, well, then why don't you do it? And I was like, oh, snap. I was busted, you know? So for me, when I get in a situation like that, I always think of a leader or some leaders that I really admire and say, you know, if they were here, what would they do? Because very often that'll lead you to making the right decision. Well, we're wrapping this one up. We got to go buy our horse. So we got to get done with this episode. <laughs> We're not gonna buy I got to get on the internet. It's got to get donated. Yeah, if Amazon <laughs> has Belgian plow horses, we can get one. I'll consider it. <laughs> All right. Well, before we exit out of here, Perry, is there anything else you want to say? Yeah. One of the things that we love to do, Logan, here at the Growth Company, is do private workshops in Anderson. And we just got one of the most encouraging emails um, from a pastor that was here about a month and a half ago. And he was telling us that his church is experiencing record attendance um, in, in June. And, and he said they've never experienced, like had one of their greatest Father's Day um, attendance, I mean, set a Father's Day attendance record. Um, and I didn't ask his permission, so I won't use his name, but it was so cool. And that's the kind of feedback 
that we get. And so if you or your team are interested in doing a private workshop in Anderson where we literally do these things, we, we clarify your vision, we, we'll help you unify your team and put together a plan where you can actually go back and execute things, then you can visit us at IWantMyChurchToGrow.com. That's IWantMyChurchToGrow.com. We would love to host you. And if we have a Belgian plow horse by then, we promise you that that we'll let you ride it down Main Street. That'll be pretty incredible. It'll pull you because it can pull 24,000 pounds. No, one can pull 8,000, two can pull 24,000. But this 000. one will be exceptional and be able to pull 24,000 pounds. <laughs> it's getting out of control. You have guys, a good day, you y'all. You guys have an awesome day. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.